We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to talk about some of the recent news. The stories that we are hearing on a minute-by-minute basis that make us feel as if we're on a ship lost at sea with a captain that's clueless, that doesn't have a map or a compass, and no idea where he's going. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. I want to talk about some of the news again. Several of the stories that we're hearing on a minute-by-minute basis. Hour-by-hour, day-by-day, it seems that the stories have one thing in common. We're clueless. We do not have an an iota of an idea as to where we're going. And the proof is, just, just look at the news. I mean, Joe Biden's approval rate right now is 38%. 38%. That sets a record, folks. Congratulations, Joe Biden. You have set a record for a domestic approval rating that's lower than any other president at this point, at this point in your presidency. In other words, no other president has achieved this type of dissatisfaction, these types of numbers this quickly in his presidency. Now, in a normal world, we'd all be saying, well, we don't have to live with this very long because in the midterm elections, this terrible approval rating will result in an overwhelming landslide for the opposition, for the Republicans to take the House and to take the Senate, and therefore we can control this man And the only thing he will be able to do is veto the common sense legislation that will come out of a Republican Congress. But because we don't trust the elections anymore, and we don't know for sure, we don't know for sure whether or not the election results were honest. And therefore, because the American people don't trust whether or not their vote counts, We've, le- we've even lost the confidence, excuse me. We have even lost the confidence that that type of uh, electoral swing will take place. This is a very bad place for us to be. We're lost. We're lost at sea. We're lost in the woods. We're lost on the highway. Whatever metaphor, whatever analogy you want to use, we are lost. And C.S. Lewis once told us that if you want to get from point A to point B, in fact, he used the analogy because he was British, if you want to get from Great Britain to America, you need a map. You need a map. 
I mean, that's clear. You can stand on the beaches of the Atlantic Ocean. Over in England, you can stand on those beaches. You can stand on the beaches of North Africa, staring westward. You can stand on the beaches of Scotland or Ireland, staring westward with this desire to get to this place called America. Well, one way to get there is to get on a ship, number one, a mode of transportation, and number two, make sure you've got a map and make sure you have a captain that knows where he's going. And what we have is a, is a, is a leader who doesn't have that compass, a party that is clueless, directionless. Some of you might argue with me and say, oh no, they know very well where they're going. And that may be true. That the party knows where it's going. It's going towards socialism and not even soft socialism anymore. It's communism. Blatant communism. They are. I mean, the stuff that they're implementing and many of these leaders of their organizations like BLM, many of their social justice warriors that they embrace are blatant communists. They tell you that. They're Marxists. They've been trained Marxists, trained radicals. And there was a time just about five minutes ago where any party, Democrat or Republican, would recoil against that claim and say, oh no, we, we don't want to associate with anybody that's a Marxist. We're not Marxists. Well, you notice the Democratic Party doesn't even speak out against that any longer. They don't avoid that. They, they walk... Side by side, march lockstep with Black Lives Matter and their Marxist-trained revolutionaries. That's where we are right now. Clueless, directionless from the top. Joe Biden doesn't have a clue, doesn't know what he's doing. Does not have have any idea what he's doing. And um, he's got a bunch of people on the ship who likewise are clueless. They don't know. But he also has a bunch of people that know very well that it's a mutiny. It's a mutiny against the Constitution of the United States. They're either going to take the ship to a new country, or they're going to run it aground, or they're going to intentionally sink it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the rebellion. Now, I've used this analogy of a captain with no sense of direction. And I'm suggesting that he has a bunch of officers on the boat that can't tell up from down. He, the captain, is clueless. He can't tell up from down. And some of his officers on the boat, likewise, are totally without a sense of direction. They don't know where they want to go. I, other than they just have, they want to continue their religious devotion to this progressive agenda. And to deviate from that would to be, deny, be to deny their God. I'll say that one more time. To deviate from what they're doing would be a denial of the religion, their denial of their God. So we've got this boat that we'll call our country, and it's being led by a captain who has no sense of direction and a bunch of officers likewise. They can't tell up from down, right from left. They, like, 
Isaiah said, they can't tell good from evil, evil from good, bitter, sweet, sweet, bitter. Every news story you read, at least every story I read, causes me to conclude that we've got a problem. I've got this increasing sense of unease. You feel that way too? Like maybe we're on this ship without a rudder. We're on this vessel, if you will, that's being tossed to and fro with every blowing wind and tossing wave. Political confusion, economic crisis, social conflict, everything. Every little storm that comes along, we're just being tossed by it. We we don't want to try to navigate through the storm with courage and clarity, straight, a straight arrow through the storm. No. The storm is controlling us. We have no ability to control our direction in the midst of the storm. I mean, just, just listen to last week's news. Again, our, our president at best is an addled man that can't remember his home address. Our, our secretary of transportation, Pete Buttigieg, I mean, he's so morally corrupt and morally callous that he's actually posting pictures of himself cuddling with his boyfriend while our nation's supply chain is in shambles. Ships are in the harbors. They can't get unloaded. Trucks are empty waiting for those ships to get unloaded. Trains aren't moving the way they should because they can't get the product in their train cars to move them from point A to point B. And yes, this is Pete Buttigieg's responsibility. Go look up his job description. He's the transportation secretary. He's actually posting pictures of him and his boyfriend cuddling with these with the new adopted children. I mean, this is shameful. I mean, the whole story of, you know, why are we subjecting these children to this type of life? And celebrating it, nobody's batting an eye. You realize the kids will be dysfunctional, don't you? And yes, I'm saying that. Are you suggesting that children raised by LGBTQ parents, Pete Buttigieg and his boyfriend, are you suggesting that that's bad, that the kids won't have loving, loving parents? Yeah, I am suggesting that. You don't subject kids to this broken lifestyle and expect them to to grow up healthy in heart, mind, and soul. And frankly, body. I mean, it is a fact, people, that this particular lifestyle makes an individual more prone to given health concerns. I've talked to doctors who tell me that they can't go out and publicly say it because they'd lose their job. The hospitals would would fire them. One doctor was telling me about rectal cancer and how it's astronomical in the LGBTQ community, but that he can't say it that publicly because he would be ostracized and he would lose his job. Anyway, I digress on that. So you've got a president that can't find the door to the White House, totally lost and confused. You have a Secretary of Transportation who takes a two-month paternity leave 
two months while our country can't get products transported from our ports to our grocery stores. And then you've got a secretary, excuse me, assistant secretary of health, Rachel Levine. This is a man that's so confused that he thinks he's a woman. Uh, yeah, I could go on and on. It, you, you can't make these stories up. You, really. Again, I'll say it. If I, if I would have predicted this stuff five years ago, if I would have said on radio, if I would have said in my weekly column, if I would have said this on the stump speech while I'm out talking, that this is what's coming down the pike. You all would have called me a nut job. You're crazy. But no, that's where we are. I mean, we are clearly a nation. We are clearly a nation, a country, a people, without any sense of direction. No moral compass. It's the blind leading the blind. A a culture that is lost, desperately lost, and in need of a map. Again, like I said, the C.S. Lewis thing, a map is one of your most essential tools if you want to get from point A to point B, right? You got to have a map. We used to have the Rand McNally map in our car, a paper map, but now we don't do that anymore. We can just put it on our iPhone or whatever other GPS device you have. So a map or whatever you're looking at, whether it's paper or whether it's digital, this is what provides a bird's eye view. I mean, stop and think about it. It's like you're up in the sky looking down and you can see the cohesive whole. You can see the unified nature of what you're looking at. The map unifies what otherwise is just a fragmented and myopic perspective. It brings everything together. The map gives you perspective. Without it, your vision is limited to the next turn in the path, the next fork in the road, the next rock, the next ridge, Whatever is immediately before you, that's all you see. If you don't have this sense of proximity and place, your purpose from hiking or jogging or cycling or in the car or in any other vehicle or in a ship, your purpose is broken. Because you don't know where you're going. You have no clue. You've got to have a map. My point's this. We've, we've lost a common way of seeing things in our country. I've told you this before. Culture. Culture, the the root word of culture is cult. Now, that's not a reference to a false religion. It's It's a reference to 
a religion, a binding worldview, a unifying worldview, the, the cult, if you will, of common ideas, of accepted ideas, of, of accepted beliefs and values. That's what a culture is. And without that common way of seeing things, without a cultural map, a cultural map, it becomes evident more and more every day that in our current political discourse that we don't have that any longer, that culture role map, that commonality that makes us a community. We've lost it. We've lost that map. I mean, each new controversy, with each new controversy that you're seeing in the news, our loss of perspective regarding who we are as a free nation and a free people becomes more and more obvious. Segregation, victimization, balkanization, covidization. I mean, all of it, all of these things. Segregation, victimization, balkanization, covidization. LGBTQIA, SJWBLM, this alphabet soup of selfishness, self-focus, navel-gazing, not looking at an aerial view of everything, but only looking at ourselves. We're, we're splintered rather than united. Democrats versus Republicans, liberals versus conservatives, the young versus the old, black versus white, men versus women, cisgendered versus trans. I mean, it's just crazy. This list of divisions and cliques and groups, it's endless. We've taken our nation's motto, E Pluribus Unum, out of many one, and we've flipped it on its head, and we now seem to be a nation built upon the assumption of E Unum Pluribus, out of one many. It's not a good place to be. And not only have we discarded this commonality, this common cause and this common purpose that makes us a community. But we've lost any modicum of common sense, rationality, and even elementary logic. I mean, listen to any of the political debates, and everything's political these days, whether it's a politician or whether it's a somebody on the mainstream news. But listen to any of the political debates. And this is what you'll hear. You will hear a litany of disjointed and contradictory ideas made by the same individual and the same party and the same media pundits. One politician says that he stands for children. 
and the funding of infant care. And then at the same time, that same politician will turn around and champion killing children just seconds before they're born and be and officially become the infants for which he just said we should care. That's Joe Biden. It's okay to kill children five seconds before they're born now. But he stands for children and infant care and more money. This makes no sense. And then you have another person, politician, whatnot, who will pledge allegiance to one nation under God and then turn around and act as if she is God. That's Nancy Pelosi. And a herd of acolytes that will follow behind her. Then you'll have somebody else who will swear, all of our politicians, by the way, have sworn this, to defend and protect our Constitution. And by definition, that means our nation's borders. So they swear to defend and protect our nation's borders, but then they turn around and deny that our nation has any borders, that they will defend. You can't be a nation without borders, people. And you can't defend and protect the United States of America if you deny that the United States of America has definable boundaries that you should defend. We're not doing that. We're like a hiker, if you will. Somebody hiking through, I don't know, what what kind of park? um, Yosemite. Hiking through Yosemite without a map. We have no unifying perspective, no vision. It's truncated. We don't see the big picture. We don't see the forest for the trees, that old saying, that old axiom. We're only seeing one tree at a time, and I'm not even sure we're seeing the tree. Maybe we're so fixated on ourselves and our silliness that we're just seeing the bark. We've got our nose pressed up against the tree, and all we can see is the bark. And even that's blurred because we're so doggone close. We're in the problem so deep that all we see is the mess that we're in, and we don't see the whole. We're just seeing the parts. You know, one of the most remarkable aspects... of our Constitution of the United States of America is how it unifies and completes our thinking. We can see this in the Founding Fathers. I mean, Stop and think about it, how unifying and complete they were. They anticipated issues. They anticipated the issues of their day and how a particular set of ideas would impact the nation at large. You know why? Uh, how did they how were they so wise and insightful? How did they know what was coming? Well, here's here's how. They read Locke and Montesquieu. They understood Hume and Voltaire. They discussed Plato and Cicero and Socrates because they read their stuff. These were educated men. They weren't truncated. They didn't read 
Ibrahim Kendi's nonsense and then set it on the shelf and say, oh, there's the answer. I don't need to read anything more. No, they read everything. Like I said, Locke and Montesquieu and Hume and Voltaire and Plato and Cicero and Socrates. And you know what else they read? Our founding fathers, every one of them, even the deists, knew their Bibles like the backs of their hands. They knew what Moses said, okay? They knew what Moses said, and they knew what Jesus said, and everybody in between. They understood the prophets. They understood the parables. They understood the prophecies. They understood the prose. They understood the prescription and the proscription found in literature. They knew their Bibles like the backs of their hands, and they could see backward as well as forward. They knew history. That's backward. They understood it. They understood the lessons of history and that those who don't learn those lessons are doomed to repeat them, and therefore they could look forward. They knew where they'd been and where they were going. These guys saw the promise of a republic, but they also knew of the dangers of Robespierre. They understood the freedom of a covenant, i.e. the Magna Carta and the Constitution, and the covenant that was described in Scripture. They understood the freedom of a covenant and the bondage that comes from a hierarchy because they were rebelling against one, a hierarchical government. They saw the risks of the rule of the gang, Horowitz, David Horowitz. They understood the risks of the rule of the gang and the power that would come from submitting to the reign of God, that paradox of bowing in submission to God and gaining no more power and more freedom as the result of doing, doing so. They believed in a big God rather than big brother. They had perspective. They had perspective, an aerial view, a bird's eye view. They saw not only the forest for the trees, but also the paths and the roadways that history and providence had carved out on their behalf. Our founding fathers had a map. And they used it to give us one of the best maps that's ever been created in human history, and it's called the Constitution of the United States. So here's my point. Maybe, just maybe, if we would elect some leaders who would do the same thing, use a map, maybe there's still enough time to save ourselves from careening over the cliffs. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.